Thank you so much, Tim. We have been on a journey together, for real. Honduras and Nicaragua and Nicaragua again this summer. I'm really excited. Goodness, um, am I the only one that um, has a dry mouth right now? I don't know. I think um, it must just be me. <laughs> I am so nervous. I remember the first time I came to the way, Tim was talking about how sweaty his armpits were. And I was like, hey, dude, I could be at this church because this guy is normal. And so um, I also fall into the normal category. Um, I am just so excited to be here and talk to you guys today. Um, I have pretty much, besides God being number one passion in my life, my other two passions are family and children, and that is what I know. And so to be able to come and speak to you guys about a little bit of wisdom about how to build a strong, godly family. I'm just so excited. Before I get into the message and everything, I would like to um, tell you, I identify with any parent in this room right now because, except for grandparents, because I have a college student, high school student, middle school student, elementary school student, and also a preschooler. So I have, I have a variety I can identify or commiserate, as the case may be. Um, but I think they have a picture of my family. I'm gonna introduce them to you. Um, they're not here this service, but next service, they will probably die on the inside because we are a family of introverts. Um, my husband is back there in the back, and he is amazing. I, my oldest is a girl right there on the edge. Um, she's 20 years old. She's going to school to be a missionary and um, my, uh, majoring in theology and Bible. Um, next to her, the taller one there, he is 16. He's been le um, leading the worship team uh, for the past year in the youth group. And they're both serving all summer at a local uh, Christian summer camp. And then the one with the hat there, if you see him today, introvert, he'll probably run away. But his birthday was Friday, and so you can tell him happy birthday. And then the second to smallest one, he's eight. He's the middle, middle, middle child. So deck is stacked against that kid. But he is fun. He's witty. <laughs> and uh, we love him. And then the tiny one there, we lovingly call that one the tiny tyrant. Um, he informed me he wants his hair to grow to his feet, and um, he loves his curls. So that's, those are my people. That's my family, and um, I'm pretty proud of them and uh, their own personal relationship with God. So anyway, um, like I said, before I get started, I do want to say happy Father's Day from me to you, to all the men in the room. You know, you could be at home being served bacon on a silver platter. Um, you know, I'm just saying. But you're already winning because you are here today. So I just want to say um, good job. And um, thanks for giving up the bacon for us today. Um, I really hope and pray that you hear something today that motivates you and encourages you and your walk with the Lord and as you build your own strong godly family. So I'm going to go ahead and pray and then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day and I ask you Lord that your Holy Spirit would come and that these would be your words and not mine. In Jesus name, amen. So I'm not super eloquent, guys. I have to have I have to say short prayers. So anyway, um, so of course, when we're doing a message, I'm gonna the first thing I'm gonna do is Google family, and you know, Doctor Google, Google is everything right now. And the first thing that popped up is the number one thing that gives people the most happiest happiness in life is their family, and the second thing that makes people the least happy is also their family. So it's very important that as we, um, as Christians, that we figure out what it means to have a strong, godly family. Um, 
as I was thinking about families, and I Googled families, you know, there are many different types of families. We have um, mom, dad, and children, um, and that's a nuclear family. We have uh, single parent families. We have blended families. We have all different types of families, grandparents with grandchildren, raising their grandchildren, um, and then people who have made their own family. There's quite a few people here. I see hashtag family all the time um, from people at the way, and I just love that. So today, even if you're not a parent, I may be speaking specifically about children, or you don't, you're never going to be married. That's okay. I think this is for you because this came from the Word of God, and you can apply this to your life, no matter who you are. So again, how to build a strong, godly family. Um, the first thing that popped into my head was the wisdom of Proverbs 22, verse 6, and that's how um, raise a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. So we all know, we've heard of this scripture many, many times, and as I sat there and I really meditated, thought about that scripture, I thought, what is it about training a child in the way he should go um, that makes it where he doesn't depart from it when he's old. Immediately, I thought um, of a scripture in Matthew where Jesus is telling everyone that if you do what I say and you follow my commands, you'll be like the wise man that built his house on the foundation. When the storms came, the winds blow, blew, slammed against the house, it didn't fall over. But if you don't listen, you'll be like the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And so immediately I knew this is because Proverbs 22, verse 6, training a child in the way that they should go, it's because of that foundation. It's because of the firmness of that foundation. So as we talk today about building a strong, godly family, I want to give you a little bit of backstory. If you're using your phones or your Bible, you can turn to um, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hang on, my dry mouth, one second. So... God's family, God chose the Israelites as his own family, okay? He said, um, you're my people and I'm your God. And so he chose the Israelites as his very own family. So we have a treasure map, an instruction manual, whatever you want, of what you need to do to have a strong, godly family. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory because I am a children's pastor, so you know we're going to have to go Old Testament. Um, Moses was talking to the Israelites and telling them what God told him. And before he was talking to them and before he had the Ten Commandments, um, God rescued them from Egypt. They were in slavery. He did all of these wonderful, miraculous, amazing things. And in a final, huge, wonderful thing, he parted the Red Sea and they came through the Red Sea. And then the seas fell on the Pharaoh and his people. So... <clears throat> You would think that the Israelites would be super excited about this and that they would not forget who God was. But when Moses went up to the mountain, they uh, said, well, what if he doesn't come back? What if God's not really real? So they decided to melt down their own gold and make their own um, image. And, you know, if you have a family that's not perfect and it's a little bit messed up, be rest assured God's family is not perfect and a little bit messed up. So that's okay. You're in great company with God's own chosen family. Um, they complained about the manna falling from heaven. They got tired of the food. You know, I mean, just ridiculous. They went to um, the promised land, and they came back, and they were faithless and said, oh, well, we can't do it because there are giants there. And so this is where we fall with God's family that are a little bit messed up, like a lot of people's family. 
So I'm going to paraphrase the first few, and then we're going to go down um, the first few uh, verses. So Moses says, these are the commands, the decrees, and the laws your Lord God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you crossed the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping these decrees and commands that I give you, so that you may enjoy a long life. So we're going to go down to verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. So I have had a unique position in my own life where um, I was married young. And um, my husband and I had 13, or 13 years married together with four children, and he passed away in an accident in um, 2011. So we had our nuclear family, and then I found myself as a single parent. And one of the things that I realized after my husband passed away is we all hear how short life is, but we don't realize it until it happens to us. And I realized my perspective in raising my children was actually incorrect. I wanted my children to have a great education. I literally moved wherever I needed to so they would have the best education that they could have. Um, and I wanted them to be successful adults contributing to society. And I thought that was a pretty good goal. And nothing wrong with education. But when my husband died, I realized that relationship with God is way more important. Because I could be here a week, I could be here 50 more years, but they needed to know who God was. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, and when you get up. I was raised in a Christian home, and um, I didn't even realize the impact that the way that I was raised had on me until my husband died. And in the moments of darkness and crying and wondering why this happened and all of this, scriptures from my childhood came to my head. When I was in elementary school, when I was in middle school, when I was in college, and all of these things never left me. God's word doesn't return void. And I realized that my dad had literally woven God into every aspect of our life. He would take me, he would say, let's go for a walk when I was a moody teenager. And I'm like, oh, no, thanks. And he said, no, let's go for a walk. And, um, we might walk in silence for 10 minutes, and then he'd say, well, I was praying about this the other day. What do you think? Or let's go to Lowe's. I need your help. And, um, yeah, I loved Lowe's. It was awesome. But this is what he did. I remember one time he woke us up in the middle of the night. It probably was really 9 o'clock, but, you know, for a kid it was the middle of the night. And uh, he drove us down to Dean Still Road and um, put a blanket down on the ground. And we laid on the ground and we stood and we looked at the stars. I don't know if you've ever seen stars with no light pollution, but it's literally, there's not a place in the sky where there, is, there isn't a star. And he said, imagine what Abraham must have felt like when God told him that his descendants would be like the stars in the sky. And this just started a conversation. And this was literally how I was raised we would talk about him in the morning. We would talk about God in the day. And we would talk about God on the road. And one of the things that I did, a practical thing that I did, as soon as I realized my perspective was skewed, that I needed to change what I was doing, is I made my kids a prisoner in the car. 
I took this to heart and said, on the road, what can I do? My kids are strapped in the car. They can't move. When my next service, when my family's here, you'll see my, my kids going like this because they call up my office. And we do not even get out of the neighborhood before we are talking about our relationship with God. Maybe we're visiting something that we didn't have time to visit earlier on in the week. Or maybe, you know, we had a conversation that didn't go quite right. And maybe we're just talking about someone else that we need to pray for. And this is what we, literally, my kids are my prisoner in my car. I don't regret it. Not a single day. We, I have had, I um, have homeschooled and public schooled on and off. And my teenager, he needed some extra love, so I made him um, homeschool. And um, I'm telling you, the deepest, most amazing conversations about God I've had with that kid was on our way to Aldi. And, I mean, he pretended like he hated it, but he loved it. I know. I know he loved it deep down inside. So our first thing that we're going to do is we're going to speak about God in the morning, in the night, on the road. I challenge you. On the road, I'm telling you, that's your prisoner. Put those tablets down. Don't, don't um, miss that moment. The second thing I really want to talk about to you today, ooh, I have, I have something fun. We're going to do kind of something like we do in kids' church. I say fun. This is relative, okay? <laughs> We're not having a contest or anything. Um, but I listened to a podcast about a year ago, and it was talking about how, um, you know, millennials are leaving the church, and they're not coming back. They did a um, study over a like 1,000 to 1,500 families, and rather than finding out why the millennials are leaving the church, they wanted to find out the commonality of families who adults, um, whose adult children were still serving God and still in the church, never left the church. So they wanted to find the commonality. So I have some choices for you today. Um, I'm going to read the choices, and then when I'm done reading, I want you to I'm going to reread it, and I want you to raise your hand and yell out your choice. This is what we do in kids' church, okay? So I want you to raise your hand and yell out your choice when I get to it the second time. So the first one, in case you need glasses like me, I'm going to read them for you first. A is eating dinner as a family at least three to five times a week at the dinner table. B, take your kids to church starting when they're young so that they learn God's word. C, regularly reading the Bible, not on your phone. Or D, Having family devotions at least once a week more often is better. Okay, so how many people think it's A, eating dinner at the family table at least three to five times a week? Tim? Tim? Okay, a few. I didn't hear anybody yell. You're not helping me out. A, okay, thank you. All right, so let's go for B, take your kids to church when they're young. B, okay, I have a few Bs. All right, C, regularly reading the Bible, not on your phone. I got a few of those, okay. And D, you can't guess them all. <laughs> That's not how you win, okay. D, have family devotions at least once a week. More often is better. Okay, I, there's not a clear winner here, as I can see. Okay, so maybe that didn't work in my favor. But I was surprised because I truly thought it was eating dinner as a family at least three to five times a week. There have been all kinds of scientific studies. Your kids are less likely to be depressed, more likely to go on to college, all of these types of things. But the true answer is reading your Bible, not on your phone. That was so far above everything else that it was literally its own category in this study. 
So when I heard this podcast, um, I quickly went to find my Bible that I had in high school because I was like, okay. Um, so apparently eating dinner every night or three to five times a week is really great. It's, in, it's a top contender, but it is not the most common thing. So I'm calling this point two. This is modeling, okay? So we are going to model what a relationship with God looks like. Deuteronomy 6.8, we're going to tie these commands. So we're speaking, God, morning, noon, night, on the road. And then we're going to tie them as symbols on our hands and bind them on our foreheads. We're going to write them on the door frames of our house and on our city gates. This is a physical action. We are literally writing. We are tying. We're binding. And this is a physical action of holding a book in your hand, the Word of God, and showing our kids what a relationship of God looks like. You could be on Facebook for all they know. You could be on Instagram. You could be playing a game. Dad's not saying anything. I don't know. We got Slither.io or something going on in our house right now. Um, But... This is what we need to do. We need to speak. We need to show. We can't keep it a secret. I mean, we don't have to like say, hey, look at me. I'm holding my Bible right now. Um, But we need to show our kids what a relationship looks like. This is a physical thing. This is an important thing. It doesn't matter. Again, I want to point out, it doesn't matter what kind of family you're a part of or if you have no children whatsoever. This is great for the people around you. They're going to see you as a light in the darkness. One of the memories that I have of my dad, like literally one of the most prevalent memories I have is I would get up at 4.30 in the morning when I was in high school. My dad would be sitting there reading his Bible. We would come home from soccer practice and my dad would be sitting there reading his duct tape Bible. I kind of hoped he would be here today, but he's also an introvert, so he would be really embarrassed right now about his duct tape Bible. But that's one of the things I remember the most. And he would model what a relationship with God looks like. So we're speaking, we're modeling. And the last thing, when my husband passed away in 2011, I was pretty adamant about um, just, I was gonna be a single mom for the rest of my life. And um, I was okay with that. I said, you know, I didn't wanna put my kids through dating anybody or anything like that. And so, I saw my friend and, uh, one day, and she said, how are the boys doing? And I said, oh, they're doing, they're doing okay. They'll be, you know, I mean, what, what else can I say? We, our life is horrible right now, but they're doing okay. <laughs> and she said, well, they need, they need a strong, godly man in their life. And I said, okay, well, I have a dad, and I have a brother, so I think they'll be okay. And she said, no, that's not what I mean. I think, um, have you thought about getting remarried? And I said, no absolutely, 100%, no. And she said, well, I know it's none of my business. And I'm like, yeah, it's none of your business. Um, She said, but I feel like God wants me to tell you to open your heart. And I'm like, "Mm, okay, well, if God wanted me to know that, he would have told me that. So thank you. So I'm leaving, and I'm walking across the street to my car, and I'm like, the nerve of her. How dare she tell me what God is telling her? Because if you wanted me to know, you would have told me yourself. And he said, this is me telling you. And I was like, oh. Well, if you want me to have a husband, you're going to have to drop him in my lap because I am literally not (laughs) looking for a husband. I do not want one. (laughs) 
had one, loved him, great father. I don't think that a redo is in order. So a few days later, I was sitting in my living room in my pajamas, and I hear something outside. It sounds like someone is mowing my yard. And I go and I look and I peek out the blinds, and my husband's best friend, his name's JB, he was mowing my yard. And he, the guy, just wanted to help me. I just didn't want to be helped. And he would say, if you need anything, call me. And I'm like, okay. If you need anything, call me. Okay, can I mow your yard? I'm like, no, I can do it myself. Thank you. Anyway, he showed up, and I'm like, doggone it, I have to put pants on. <laughs> and I have to say thank you, which I did. That night, I had a dream. And when my husband comes tonight, he's going to be, he's, or today for second service, he's going to be like, oh, my gosh, she's never told me this. Um, <laughs> but I had a dream. And in my dream, I was in bed. I was laughing. Oh, my goodness. I was laughing, that deep belly laugh where you snort on accident. And um, I was looking at myself in my dream, and I was so happy. And I was so full of joy. And it was something that I can't really honestly say that I had felt for most of my adult life. And in my dream, I rolled over, and there was JB, who had just mowed my yard. <laughs> and I woke up, and I'm like, God, no! <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, needless to say, he married me with four kids. I promise I did not hide them, okay? So <laughs> we, he knew in advance. Um, but we have a blended family, because four. I came with four, and then we added one. And so um, I've been in a nuclear family, a single parent, and also we have a blended family. And about a year later, after we got married, I was laying in bed, and my husband is dumb. I, like, again, he's an introvert, so you guys don't really know, but he is hilarious. And so I was laughing hysterically and um, snorting, and um, I rolled over and Literally, in that moment, it was the exact same dream that God gave me. And I was so happy and so full of peace and so full of joy. And in that moment, I started crying. <laughs> Guys, sorry for the uh, female emotions, but that is the way of life. Um, I knew that I should never, ever ever forget where I came from and what God did for me. And he turned my mourning into joy, and he made something beautiful from ashes. And in that moment, I knew that I needed to tell my kids everything that he has done for me, always. And I've told them about when he healed me when I was in high school. I told them about when I had no food to eat and he provided. I had no way to pay my bills and he provided and all of the things he's done. And I've seen blind eyes healed. And we are going to go to Deuteronomy. Now we're going to go all the way down to chapter 12. And I'm calling this last point remembering, okay? So in the future, God to his family, your children will ask you, what is the meaning of these laws, decrees, and regulations of the Lord? then you must tell them, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord 
brought us out of Egypt with his strong hand. The Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes, dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. And the Lord our God commanded us to obey these decrees and to fear him so he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day. Four, we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands the Lord has given us. And if you remember in the, in the beginning, he says, um, do these things and you, your children and their children will serve the Lord, will fear me and you'll be blessed. So we weave the wisdom of a strong, godly family by training our child in the way that they should go, building on a firm strong foundation and following these things that God laid out for his own family in his word. We're speaking, we're weaving who God is into every single day. I take a moment, especially when my kids are young, and I pull them outside and I say, look at the beautiful sky that God has made. He is the best artist. Even to my teenagers, you know, can you smell the mountain air? Oh, isn't it amazing? Oh, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Can you imagine how much better heaven is if God did so good right here? And this is a lifestyle. This is a mindset. And I'm going to, um, what as Rachel comes, I'm going to tell you um, something, a vision that God gave me. It doesn't matter if you have a middle schooler right now and you're just in the thick of it um, because it's, not, it's never too late to do what God has called you to do. It's never too late to do what his word says. It doesn't matter if you have a baby right now. It doesn't matter if you're on your own and you don't have any family because, again, we are God's family, and this applies to us in our everyday lives. But I remember literally sobbing about my parenting skills <laughs> and saying, I, I'm not enough. I'm, I, I'm, I'm raising criminals right now. I'm like, I'm literally raising criminals. And I use those words. I am not even joking. And I'm crying and I'm sobbing and I'm saying, God, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And he gave me a vision of me building a wall and I'm stacking bricks and I'm doing it right, guys. I'm, I am stacking them appropriately, okay? So I'm stacking the bricks and he says to me, right now, you're building. And as you build, if you build what I say in my word and you do the best job that you can do, I'm going to fill in all those spaces where you lack. And I have to tell you, my kids aren't awesome because I'm awesome. My kids aren't serving God because I'm parent of the year. Okay. They're serving God because his grace and his mercy. They're serving God because the foundation that God said, hey, this is what you need to do. If you don't want criminals, do this. <laughs> and I said, yes, I'm doing it all the way. So it's never too late to, um, to do what God's word says. <laughs>